Welcome to the Research Brief Podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Streveler, coming to you from the School of Engineering Education at Purdue University. The goal of Research Briefs is to expand the boundaries of engineering education research. In these podcasts, we'll speak to researchers about new theories, new methods, and new findings in engineering education research. My guest today is Dr. Lisa Benson. She is a professor in the Department of Engineering and Science Education at Clemson University. And as of July 1st, 2017, Lisa became the editor of the Journal of Engineering Education. As many of our listeners may know, the Journal of Engineering Education, which we'll be referring to as JEE, has played an important role in building the engineering education research community. Today, we'll be focusing on Lisa's vision for JEE and how JEE can help expand the boundaries of engineering education research. And to make my relationship with Lisa a bit more transparent, I currently serve as an associate editor with JEE. Lisa, welcome to the Research Brief podcast, and congratulations on being the editor of JEE. So as far as being JEE editor, I, I never really set out with the goal of becoming a journal editor. Um, the journey really started when I started reviewing the journals as, as a faculty member. Um, and, you know, peer reviewing is part of the serving and giving back to your professional community. Um, and it's also a really good way to get better at writing and doing your own research. Um, really get to practice thinking critically and reflexively when you dive into the so as I continued reviewing more and more, I found I had a knack for it. I, I actually enjoyed the challenge of working to clarify and, and distill down what's written, um, to highlight what's really important and interesting, and, and to help an author find their voice. And I had been doing it for years with my grad students, just asked any of them about my dreaded purple pen. But <laughs> Not I a red pen. Yes, <laughs> and sometimes it's green. But ah, never okay, read. but never read. read. confrontation. Yes. But anyway, um, yeah, they know that well. But, um, but I didn't really think I was particularly good at it until Michael Louie, the, the former editor of JEE, invited me to be an associate editor, partly because I was doing a good job on my reviews, so he said. So um, so I was associate editor for a few years, and, and through that I got to know more about the journal and about academic publishing in general. Um, and so when the JEE editor position opened up, I thought it would be really fulfilling to help direct the journal in a bigger way and, um, you know, beyond providing feedback to authors. And so now I'm in the position and I'm really excited about how this is all a thing, meeting JEE and, and using it as a voice for our community. Fabulous. So one thing I, I know we had said you, you wouldn't really talk too much about your journey to be a faculty member at Clemson, but um, w- since you've talked so much about writing and loving helping people find their voice, where did you learn to do that? Did you have academic background in that, or is this something you um, learned in other ways? Uh, that's so funny, Ruth. I think part of it is practice, right? Part of it is just working with grad students over and over and trying to figure out what's a, a good way to to give them feedback in a positive way that's not, you know, soul crushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, I, uh, if in my heart of hearts, I know it goes back to my high school training. I had, I went to a Catholic high school, and the nuns really drilled grammar into our heads. And and I came out in college 
in, you know, as an engineering student, able to write in a way that I, I just was looking around like, why can't you people put two sentences together? What is wrong with you? Don't you know how to write? And, and, I, and then, you know, again, once you learn those fundamentals, um, it, it, writing isn't as much of a burden um, as, it, as it is maybe if, if those fundamentals are elusive and, and you know, it just makes it harder. Yes, yes. So I, I wanted to let people know that you, you do have all your degrees in engineering and so that you weren't, yes. uh, you and, know, an English lit major hiding. No, no. Just a, actually an engineer who can right. write and likes to write <laughs> and likes to help other people write. So. That's right. And, and actually, as a practicing engineer, I was sort of tapped as somebody that was, I was going to be sort of pushed into a management position. I could write and speak the Queen's English. And um, but I, I quickly left engineering when, because I didn't want to be a manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, anyway. And here you are, a professor. Here I am, a professor and a manager. So there yes. you go. Yes. <laughs> So, Lisa, I wanted to ask you about the mission of JEE and particularly what your vision is for carrying out the mission. Okay. Um, So the official mission of JEE is to cultivate, disseminate, and archive scholarly research in engineering education. That's what's written on the the back page of the journal. Um, My way of thinking about this mission is that JEE is doing a good job of archiving and a, and a pretty good job of disseminating, but we could and, and should focus more on the cultivating part of our mission. And I think we've been on a trajectory to do that for the past, oh, you know, 15 years or so. so there was a sort of revolution in, in engineering education in 2005. Um, but I see JEE as a, a living, breathing part of our ecosystem, the engineering education ecosystem. Our role in that ecosystem is and should be one of strength leadership. And and my vision for that is to bring out the best in our work so that it reflects the values and the knowledge and the ideals of the community. And one example of how we're trying to do that is um, a series of guest editorials that we are about to publish. Um, And those editorials are about quality considerations in engineering education research. And uh, we're planning a set of three of them, and the first is coming out in April, and it will focus on quality considerations in quantitative research. Um, then in July, we'll focus on qualitative, and in October, we'll focus on mixed And um, my vision for these editorials is to be able to clearly lay out some standards that authors and reviewers can refer back to as a guide when they're writing or reading and help them think through those questions, like what should I be paying attention to and, and what might be missing or not clear? And um, the, the idea really started when one of our associate editors, Margaret Homerson, made some suggestions to me about how to guide other associate editors when they're evaluating the quality quantitative research. And she shared some resources and ideas about how to advise authors um, and I found her information really helpful, and I thought it made sense to share it with all JEE readers and authors and editors. So I invited her to write the guest editorial for April, and then that naturally led us to seek out similar reflections on quality considerations um, for other types of research. So that's that's an example of how I think 
JEE can fulfill its mission of cultivating our community of researchers. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask as well, and I know I didn't tell you this ahead of time, so <laughs> apologies, but some of the past editors have had a very strong passion for international work and being able to disseminate more globally. Um, do you have uh, thoughts about that for yourself or for JEE? Uh, yes, actually, um, the, the idea of cultivating an international and global presence for JEE is really important to me and to the editorial board and to, to ASEE as well. Um, so, it, you know, as our parent society, we're really reflecting a lot of what ASEE is trying to do. Um, we are working hard to bring in new uh, members to the editorial board who are from uh, who are from other countries, from from Europe and from Asia, Australia, um, and with the idea that. Not only they have, you know, do they have an international perspective? Um, they have a broader network of of people from, you know, other countries that bring in fresh perspectives and really um, different ways of of looking at engineering education research. Um, it it takes some patience though to work with people, especially if they're non-native English speakers. Um, you know, the whole process of reviewing. A paper um, that's that's from a non-native English speaker, or for a reviewer to conduct a review if the reviewer is non-native English speaker, um, it, it just takes longer mm -hmm. because it takes longer for them to, to work through the, the language issues. And so, um, you know, we we have to go about this um, in a in a thoughtful way, in a in a way that's respectful of other people's cultures and and ways of in their perspectives. So are there, you, you spoke about the guest editorials in it's what April, July, and October. Yes. Are there other programs that are envisioned or anything in the works that you want oh, to let people yes. know about? Oh, yes. Funny, you should ask. <laughs> um, yes, I, um, we have uh, several initiatives that we're trying to launch um, to basically to, to help um, move the, the review process along. Um, I know there's been, um, a, there, there are always delays. You know, it's just part of the process. Somebody, do, you know, promises to do a review and doesn't return it or, you know, uh, gets busy and forgets about it, whatever. Um, but there are ways, I think, that we can speed up the process uh, by helping to provide reviewers and associate editors with the tools that they need you know, readily available. For example, um, we've got um, a new system whereby we're providing lists of potential reviewers and their areas of expertise. Uh, people who have reviewed for JEE who, who've done a really good job but maybe we haven't used in, in a few years. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing. Another that we're trying to um, launch is a star reviewer so identifying people who are doing really good reviews and giving them some kudos and some positive feedback 
um, so that it counts, you know, where everybody's doing this on, on, we're on borrowed time. Everybody's got really busy schedules and, um, we're trying to make it count. Mm -hmm. Um, So giving people some recognition for doing a good job. Um, we are also launching or, or trying to launch a, a mentored reviewer program that can really cultivate our um, the of people who are reviewing for JEE and other engineering education journals um, by by partnering um, new reviewers with seasoned reviewers who can guide them um, in terms of the you know what they should be looking at how to how to parse out a review um, so that it, it it helps to build up and, and give positive constructive feedback um, to authors that's an excellent um, idea and I think that will really help with the international aspect as well um, because you know frankly uh, there's a large portion of the global population that cannot access JE you know it's it's one thing to be able to look at an article from JE and say okay I can use this as a model it's another I don't even know what the target is and I know right. that see the title of the journal it looks like it's appropriate and I, I think I know what's going on um, so just trying to you know really raise the level of expertise for every for the reviewers who then will turn become authors and um, you know really try to um, again cultivate that community of engineering education research that's a, a great idea. Uh, one of the things I know that I do here at um, at Purdue is I will sometimes ask advisors if they have grad students who would be appropriate for a particular review and then ask the advisor if they'd mentor the student through mm-hmm. the review. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that seems to be very helpful. And, and so I think your idea of bringing that to uh, places that don't have the luxury of having grad students um, is a really excellent idea. I think it really helps the students and it it helps me as an associate editor not say, oh wow, I'm giving this review to a grad student. Am I shortchanging the the person who's being reviewed? But you know, now I know that their advisor will look over the, the review and, and be sure that it's appropriate. Yeah, uh, and that is exactly the idea behind this, that it's not, you know, oh, we've got a, a rookie on this one, you know, it's it's uh, really expanding our our, um, our base of expertise, and as, as Apple pointed out, you know, we both have the luxury of being in programs that have uh, lots of faculty and grad students running around to share our expertise with and, and bounce ideas off of, but not everybody has that, and so... In particular, we'll be looking to partner people who are not at the same institution and who might be at institutions that don't have that kind of support mm-hmm. uh, to really kind of, you know, to plug them into the community more fully. That's just an excellent idea. Thanks. Um, so another question, the, the which I, I think a lot of our listeners might be interested in is the purpose of research briefs is to help people expand the boundaries and do of, of engineering education research and, and use maybe new methods and new theories and look at things a little bit in a different way. And sometimes I think um, people are 
a little anxious about that because they don't know how that work will be received in journals. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask you, particularly since people do look at JEE as kind of the epitome of the place to publish for engineering education research, what advice would you have for engineering education researchers that want to push the boundaries of their work? And is JEE a place where that kind of work could be published? Um, sure. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. My, my view of academic publishing is that it, it often generates a big yawn. You know, when somebody says, I'm going to disseminate my work in an academic journal, and, um, you know, you take your beautiful work, your, your baby, and you submit it for peer review, and it gets, you know, torn apart and pieced back together over and over until when it's published, it's, you know, you've sort of deflated the energy out of what was once a really vibrant piece of work. So I can understand why people who want to push boundaries are, are somewhat skeptical of, um, you know, academic journals in terms of, of making that happen. But um, I can see that these, the editorials that I mentioned earlier, for example, uh, you know, setting standards um, as, as sort of establishing firm ground that um, authors need to stand on as they push boundaries. So that the message to authors that I would give is, please do push the boundaries. Please think broadly and deeply about how to advance a body of knowledge and, and maybe even move the needle with respect to how we think about our students and what we do with our students. Um, as long as you're paying attention to the quality of your work and, and the standards, and, and hey, we're open to your ideas and to reviewing your work. And, and by standards, I don't mean standardization. And, and there's a difference there. And I think that's a really important difference. Um, you know, I don't see stringent consideration policy as a way to demarcate boundaries that, you know, exclude certain types of work, exclude, you know, um, certain ways of looking at things. Um, we're open to a nearly infinite range of topics and innovative approaches to putting and reporting research. And, and through this process of setting standards of quality and making that the, the main consideration in our work, um, I think can allow people to, you know, to have firm ground to stand on as they're reaching and, and boundaries. Um, you know, there was a there was a recent article in Engineering Studies by by Donna Riley that that really skewered the term rigorous research in engineering education for, for a variety of reasons. Um, and in the end, Donna made the call to build an inclusive community, one that supports researchers in doing best possible work and that supports educators in providing engineering education for anyone who's seeking it. And, and I agree with Donna, um, you know, this idea of you know, pushing boundaries and, and really um, supporting educators that are doing groundbreaking work. This is the highest calling for, for educators and for education researchers, and we should reach for it. Um, but to reach for anything, we have to stand on firm ground. And, and um, I see these, you know, the, for example, the guest editorials as a way to help authors and reviewers focus on what's important um, to consider in terms of quality of their work as a way to provide that firm ground. Well, I think that is a very encouraging work uh, and, and very encouraging words to uh, listeners who want to do different kinds of things to know mm-hmm. that JEE could be receptive to it. Um, is there an effort to 
educate reviewers about new kinds of methodology or um, I was just having discussions today with people who were getting their um, reviews back from ASWE, which I probably should say is the American Association, American Society for Engineering Education for those listeners who don't know that. But, um, and one person was kind of bemoaning the fact that their qualitative uh, study was really trashed for not having big enough sample size and it can't be generalizable. And um, I know there was a time when people worried about anything qualitative going to JEE, which, and I think those days are over for them to be worried about that. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. I would agree. Um, Yes. But I think sometimes uh, that's a concern that that it will be hard to find knowledgeable reviewers who can say useful things instead yeah. of to say this is yeah. some methodology I never heard of this this is trash mm-hmm. right because I've never heard of it it's trash right, right. Um, and and you know the idea of star reviewers in a mentor program really is trying to raise um, the standards for reviewers as well as far as as providing resources for them it is it's difficult you know it's, it's difficult enough to find reviewers uh, let alone reviewers that you know are going to give things a fair shake from a, a, a point of strength, you know, from, from a point of knowledge about what they're reviewing. Um, it, you know, I, I, I just got back a review um, a couple of days ago from a reviewer that was, it was a, a review of a, a piece of qualitative research, and the reviewer said it's, you know, it's not suitable for publication in JEE because there's no quantitative data in it. And I just, you know, I wanted to weep, but I, there it is. It's, it's a review, and it's a peer review, and it's going out to the authors. So one thing that um, the deputy editors, Maura Borrego and, and Cindy Finelli and I have um, really made a practice of doing is to put reviews into context to say, um, you know, reviewer one has a background in area this area, and um, so comments that the reviewers made about other aspects of the work can, you know, you may want to put those into context. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas reviewer two, who is an expert in, you know, qualitative methods you're using, really, really focus on the feedback that that reviewer is giving you in terms of the methods. Uh-huh. You know, so really just trying to parse it out and saying, sure, we all hate what reviewer two said, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but there it reviewer is, two, right? Um, but um, let's put this into perspective. You know, the, the reviewer has expertise in other areas and whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to really, again, be as constructive as possible for, for authors and, and help them to move forward with their manuscript and not right. just bad things. And the mentored uh, reviewing process might, may help that as well. Uh, absolutely. Uh-huh. So... Again, this has been, I think, really encouraging for uh, researchers in engineering education. Are there any last words of advice you would have to this community and also um, any calls for folks to interact with JEE in a particular way? Um, Sure. Um, Well, I'm excited about the ways that that JEE can 
provide leadership in a platform. Um, and my first editor's page, I was so excited about getting my own page. Yes. <laughs> um, so in the October 2017 issue, my first editor page was called Just Me J.E. And this is the, you know, adapting the... Yeah, Just Me Charlie. Just Me Charlie, the um, We Are All J.E. I, I really wanted to set that tone, uh, that this journal is our voice. It belongs to all of us. And I'd like to think that we can move the needle a bit on, on how we can be a resource for those who are seeking inspiration, but also seeking a platform um, for the important things that they have to say. Um, and then looking at the April issue, April 2018 issue, I'm pretty excited about the cover art that's that's going to appear on that. Um, it's It was proposed by one of the authors, Stephen Sekulis, um, and the image is a rendering of the Fearless Girl statue mm, on this. Yes. She's staring down the, down the, the bull. Mm-hmm. right? And the statue was meant to represent gender diversity. And and the quote that we're including under the image on the cover, which is also in Stephen's article, um, is from Bell Hooks. I found a place where I could imagine possible futures, a place where life could be lived differently. Yeah, that is so, beautiful. That is all. Wonderful. Well, I cannot think of a better way to end. So, I agree. <laughs> let's all go live the future that we're imagining. That's right. And publish in JEE. Why not? <laughs> Why not? So, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you, Ruth. This is fun. Yes, thanks. And I want to remind our listeners that a transcript of this podcast can be found on my blog. Ruthstrovler.wordpress.com Thank you.